The Old Testament reading for this, the seventh Sunday after Pentecost, comes from the prophet Isaiah, the 55th chapter. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is the word of the Lord. O oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. For from him and through him and to him are all things. The epistle reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Rome, the 8th chapter. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And this is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes to us according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Hear then the parable of the sword. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns... This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, 
and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As you've probably figured out by now, I'm not a farmer. I have learned a few things over the years, though. Grain bins and silos are different things. Beans are a lot dustier than corn when they're being harvested, and calling a red tractor a John Deere can get you hurt. But I am no expert by any stretch of the imagination. And so when I read this parable in our gospel reading and needed some more information about sowing seeds, I did what any good farmer would do. I googled it. And it turns out Google isn't a very good farmer either. At least not a good enough one to actually give me a straight answer about the cost of seed. It turns out there are all sorts of varieties and hybrids, treated and untreated, pest-resistant, mildew-resistant, drought-resistant, flame-resistant. I mean, you name it, they make a seed for it, and the price is going to vary wildly. And so I asked a couple of real-life farmers for their input, and I finally got the honest-to-goodness straight answer that I had been looking for. How much does seed cost? It ain't cheap. Whatever brand you're looking for, whatever traits you might prefer, whatever enhancements or non-genetically modified choices you may want, a sack of seed is not cheap, which is why you take such good care of it. You make sure that it's not going to spill all over the place. You figure out exactly how much you need so that you don't overbuy and waste any. You plant it carefully to ensure that the seed that you paid so dearly for is going to give you the best return. At least that's what you do with corn and beans and sorghum and all the other crops that you might see in America's heartland. Which is why, if you are a farmer, this parable might have caused you to gasp just a little bit. Jesus talks about a sower going out to plant a field but doing it in a way that seems really, really wasteful and foolish. The sower is not plotting out neat rows and planting with the carefully spaced and GPS-monitored precision of modern farm equipment. He is walking around casting the seed willy-nilly hither and yon. It's like a flower girl at a wedding who's had way too much candy beforehand and is just flinging everything everywhere they can get it. No concern for where it might land. And if this was Jesus just giving a lecture on good agricultural practices, it kind of makes even us non-farmers wince a little at the way the sower is going about it. But obviously that's not what Jesus is doing. This is a parable. This is not just any crop that the sower is planting, not just any seed that he is sowing. This is God's word. The law that convicts us of our sin and drives us to repentance. The gospel that proclaims the free gift of forgiveness through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't telling us how to plant a field of rye. He's telling us 
how the word of God spreads, how we are to bear witness to the world around us and share our faith. And yet, even knowing that, we still cringe a little bit at the sower's practice, don't we? We still see lots of waste and not enough forethought and planning. We still want to do things a little more strategically than God would indicate. Focus on the good cropland, on where we're pretty sure that that seed is going to take root and grow well. Because it just seems like a waste of seed and time to put it anywhere else, to scatter it about the way that the sower does in the parable. As we share the word of God, we look at certain people's lives and we say, why bother telling them? Why should we waste the seed speaking the word of God to these people who obviously aren't going to let it grow? We look at some people's lives and we see a path, a sidewalk, where they are hardened and hateful, rejecting God's word. And we say, if we toss any seed there, the devil's just going to come and snatch it away. It's got no chance to flourish, so why should we even bother? We look at others and see rocky soil, where there's just not enough chance for the word to take root. We're like, maybe they'll hear it and be here for a couple weeks in a row, but let's be honest, once the hard times set in, or once they're called to make a sacrifice for their Christianity, we'll never see them again. Others, we look at their lives and we see a weedy patch. People who are so busy and obsessed with so many things that we just assume they wouldn't have time to let the word grow. So why should we even toss any seed in their direction? This is how we see people's lives. This is how we look at the field of the world. We see the good and the bad prospects. And we are oftentimes very stingy with God's word. We're stingy with where the word goes. And we say, that person, well, there's a chance I'll toss a couple seeds over there, but let's just not waste our time with this quarter over here. But that's not how God calls us to do it. And that's not how God's word grows. The word of the Lord, the seed that we sow as Christians, it grows in very unexpected places. On a path where we assume there is no chance and the seed is just going to roll off and get eaten by the birds, God's word finds the crack in the sidewalk and it grows. And sometimes, have you ever seen like where a tree starts growing in the crack of a sidewalk and it's just kind of let go for a little while? And the plant grows so well that it breaks up the concrete. Now if a volunteer tree can do this, how much more can God's word break our stony hearts. God's word has turned around the lives of liars, thieves, killers, pagans, Satan worshipers, even people like you and me. God's word has come to our hearts and changed us. And so it's not up to us to decide who should hear and who shouldn't. Because God's word, it is for the entire world. In the rocky soil, God's word finds the soft patch of dirt and the plant that we assumed had no chance whatsoever flourishes and thrives. I grew up in the Black Hills of South Dakota in the granite mountains out there. And I was always amazed at the trees that grow right out of the side of a sheer cliff face 
We'd look at it and say, there is no chance that there's any soil there. There's no dirt. But that tree found some, and it flourishes. God's word may seem like it's going to be fried in somebody's life as soon as trouble comes along. But again, it's not up to us to decide. If God can make a pine tree grow in granite, he can make a weak and shallow faith into a deep one. And amid all the weeds and thorns and the concerns of somebody's life, someone who we would look at and say, well, they're so busy, they've never had time for church before, and they're just never going to change. God's word can vaporize all the worries and concerns and distractions, making a fertile garden for faith to grow As God's word sprouts, all those worries and concerns, they can simply fade away. When faith grows, all other things seem less important. And instead of the seed being choked out by the weeds, faith grows and it overshadows and kills off the weeds of worry and flourishes and triumphs. That's the beauty of God's word. The seed of his word, it can sprout and it can flourish anywhere. His word, it has power that our words do not. His word does the unexpected and it changes lives, even where we say there's no chance that that person would ever change. His word snatches sinners like you and me from the fires of hell and gives us the free gift of everlasting life in heaven. And that's what his word is all about. We don't scatter the seed of God's word in the hopes of guilting other people into being exactly like us and maybe shaping up their lives just a little bit to be a marginally more respectable citizen of our neighborhood. We share God's word so that other sinners may have the same joy and peace and security that we ourselves have been given. The joy of knowing that Jesus took away all of your sin on the cross. The joy of knowing that Jesus rose again from the grave to give you the victory. And the joy of knowing that because he did these things, because he sacrificed his eternal life for you, you have been given eternal life in heaven. You are not condemned to hell as you deserve because of your sin. You are not separated from God any longer, but God now dwells with you here and forevermore in heaven. This is the glorious message of God's word that all sinners need. Whether we think they're a good prospect or not, whether we think that seed is going to take root or not, all sinners need to hear the gracious word of our Lord. And so we As Christians, we scatter seed everywhere. And unlike a sack of corn, we are never going to run out, and it will never cost us anything in the long run. Sure, we might feel embarrassed. Sure, there might be those who say, you know, if you're going to just keep talking about this Jesus guy, I want nothing to do with you. But what have we truly lost in the end? We will never run out of the seed of God's word, and so we scatter it everywhere. We toss it by the handful into the places where we think it's going to grow. We toss it by the handful into the places where we see no chance of growth whatsoever. We scatter the seed of God's word in everything that we do and think and say. Not just in concerted movements, not just waking up and saying, well, today's evangelism day, so I will go tell seven people about Jesus Christ. 
We live our lives as Christians, scattering the seed everywhere that we go. Like Pigpen in the old Peanuts cartoons, we are followed by this cloud that is always surrounding us, always with us. Everything that we do is overflowing with our Christian faith, and it touches the lives of those around us, whether they want it or not. Being a new creation in Christ, we can't help but proclaim our faith, because he has changed us. We live a life that is very different from the world around us, and the world is going to notice. And as we scatter that seed, as we share the good news of Jesus Christ in our words and our deeds, we too are nourished by that word. When we tell others about Jesus, we are strengthened in our own faith, and we grow more confident in it, more willing to share that word with others. When we forgive others of their sins against us, we remember how we ourselves are forgiven, not just a little bit, not just if we ask in just the right way, but completely, because Jesus has mercy on us. We are reminded that God's word shall not return empty that it will do what he sets it out to do. And it will surprise us in the places where that word springs up. It will work miracles in the lives of people that we had written off and had assumed were hopeless and would never have any kind of interest in God. It will yield a crop of 30, 60, even 100, as that person, too, begins to scatter the seed, and they scatter seed, and others scatter seed, And the seed grows throughout the world. This is how the kingdom of God grows. It's not by our careful selection of how we spread the seed. It's not by our selective and very precise evangelism to those people that we see as good prospects deserving of the word of the Lord. It is by the power of God. It is because we scatter the seed of God's word everywhere we go to everyone we meet. We spread it about on the good soil, on the rocky places, the weed-infested lots, even the hardened and beaten-down paths. And by the grace of God, it grows in places that we never thought it was possible. God finds and makes the cracks in the sidewalk. God provides the dirt in a deep root, even in the rockiest of soil. And God clears away the weeds of worry and concern, allowing faith to grow and flourish where we saw no hope whatsoever. All because he loves his creation so very much. And so in everything that we do, wherever we go, no matter who we might meet, we pray that we too would faithfully scatter the seed of God's word in everything that we do, think, and say sharing that glorious gospel message of our Lord Jesus Christ, that by his cross alone, by his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. Thanks be to God. Amen.